What's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, part two, how to plan your financial future. As we covered in part one, this is hardcore financial planning for middle-class guys who want to get the fuck out of the middle class and become free and fulfilled and be able to travel and do all these cool things. It is definitely not for everyone. And as I said in part one, this is in no way legal, financial, or tax advice. I am not qualified to give advice on any of those subjects. So please consult your legal tax or financial professional before you put any of this stuff into place. So without further ado, we left off on step seven. There are 18 steps. We're going to get into step eight here, ASAP. So step eight is start a business. You don't get rich as an employee, all right? And you can't be free when you're chained to a desk. Money and freedom, those are the things that are going to be able to give you a fulfilling life. If you don't have those, it's going to be very hard for you to live a good life because someone else is always going to be telling you what to do um, in control of your resources and telling you where to sit and where you have to live. And the freedom is actually more important than the money. And I'm speaking from experience here. Um, if you can't see it yet, you just have to trust me. I'm filming this uh, here in Thailand. You can see in the reflection on the mirror what it looks like outside. And... It won't hit you until you have your first day where you don't have to go into work and you don't have to go into school and you have a bunch of runway cash and you have revenue coming in and you don't see that any time in the near future you're ever going to have to go back to a desk job or school. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It is the best thing in the world to be able to take a day off and take your motorbike up the mountains with your girl and just chill and listen to music um, driving up the mountains. I mean, it's it's one of the best things in the world, especially when you know that the vast majority of people are, are having to work and having to be stuck at that desk. And the best time to start a business is now, today, not tomorrow, today. You're going to have all the excuses in the world, but it, none of them matter because the best time to start is right now. You have the time and you actually don't need a lot of money to start the businesses that I'm going to break down for you. And the excuses are for the 99%. If you want the good life, you have to become the 1%. And 1% means you have to take responsibility for everything. You have to take action. And if you want to be that guy and you want to be free and fulfilled, then you actually have to do it. You have to do it today. If not putting the money up, at least starting to do the research. So, as far as business options go, I'm going to give you three options. Option A is a service-based business, which is the one I recommend for most guys. And I recommend you read my article, not just watch the video, but read my article, How to Start a Service-Based Business. It is the best starter business for percentage and chance of success, as well as the low to literally like no costs. So by service-based business, I mean you're selling a service like real estate or insurance, or if it's online, you're talking about copywriting, marketing, and things like that. And really, it's just sales skills and an internet connection, and then making a ton of either cold calls or cold emails, or both, and just powering through and outservicing your clients better than your competitors. The margins are super high. You can scale up super quickly. I know guys who started copywriting businesses and been making six grand a month within a year. And ideally, if you have the choice and you do want to live 
outside of the West, you want to be able to travel, you would ideally do it online, like copywriting, coaching, marketing. If you're planning on staying in the West, um, you could do something like insurance or real estate because you can make a lot, you can make more money in real estate and insurance. Those are the big two money makers. Like if you pound, if you go hard at it for like, you know, seven, 10 years in real estate, you could be making 300, 350 grand a year. I knew a guy in Toronto who's doing 500 grand from real estate a year. So if you're in the West and you're planning on staying there, those are the best options. But I think that having an online um, service-based business, if I was 20 or 25, that's what I would do because then I could travel and then I could live somewhere cheap and not be tied down to shitty ass fucking Toronto with six months of winter a year. So almost every digital expat that I meet has a service-based business. You hear about all these guys living out in Southeast Asia or Hungary or Colombia and all that and you know with these crazy businesses but pretty much every fucking guy I meet has a simple service-based business selling copywriting or something like that. And if you want to see how to do that check out my three parts uh, series with Phil on how to build a coaching business. Phil had no job um, since he was 20 and basically built a business uh, personal training, then moved that to online training and marketing services to trainers. And Phil's 27 now. He moved to London when he was 20 and never had to work a job. And now he lives around the world or wherever the fuck he wants to live that particular month. And if you're a young dude, I would seriously check out that series and look into that particular path. Option B is start an e-commerce business. Either drop shipping, Amazon FBA, um, there's like retail arbitrage, there's all kinds of fucking new shit always coming out with this e-commerce stuff. And if it works, you make a lot more money, it scales a lot larger, you can outsource a lot easier. And the big thing is you're not selling your time for money. With that said, e-commerce is a much, much higher rate of difficulty, um, which is why it's not my first choice for most guys. I would say e-commerce has the standard rate of difficulty for most businesses, which is a 90% failure rate. Whereas a service-based business is much lower difficulty because you literally have like no inventory, no expenses, and it's just selling, which is why e-commerce is definitely more advanced, um, costs more upfront, and the vast majority of guys fail in their first store and then give up. It usually takes because they have a course that told them, you know, they're going to hit the winner and whatever. But it usually takes like two or three stores or two or three kicks of the can, in my opinion, for the guy to be able to hit a winner. And with that said, over time, the failure rate will go down. So after your second, third store, your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh store and venture are going to be much more likely to succeed. And with that said, though, um, compared to most businesses, like the investment costs are much, much lower. Like let's say you want to do a drop shipping store, you might put three grand into that, which if you're poor might be a lot of money, but compare that to like a Subway franchise where like minimum you're looking at like $100,000, it still has a much less lower cost than an average fucking business. Courses go, I don't wanna see you buying any expensive courses. I'd rather have you put that money directly into the store. If you're gonna spend two grand on a course, just spend that on the fucking store. You'd learn a lot more by doing it that way. You can also get almost all the info from YouTube and relevant sites and forums. And uh, you can expect on average like two to three K per month per store or per e-business venture. That seems to be what 
what guys tend to make on average. Um, although you can get a lot of that automated, so you're doing maybe like an hour of work a day and your VA is doing all the work, which is pretty nice. Uh, some guys make a lot more, like uh, Nick makes uh, 10K a month from one Amazon FBA store. You can check out my uh, podcast with him and my video uh, with him uh, to see exactly how he does that. And I know guys like Brian from Loser to Winner who are making like 100 grand a month on some months, like stupid money um, on the higher level. And there are, I've heard of guys who are making more than that. And believe me, I've seen Brian's fucking bank statements. He's making a fortune. Um, and he doesn't, he's not selling a course or anything. I've seen it, the money, it's fucking legit. There is a lot of fucking money in e-commerce, way more money than in a service-based business. Um, payoff's definitely bigger, but you do have to be, you have to be really fucking smart and you have to spend a lot more money and you have to fail a lot more. So, I mean, it's not like you couldn't start with a service-based business and move into e-commerce later once that's funding your lifestyle, but it's harder is what I'm trying to say. Option C is the branded hybrid model. So this would be the last option I'd recommend if you're looking to purely sell products. So last year was four years of RLD and my goal was to hit $4,000 a month passive income from my info products, which I did. And uh, it is passive and I'm making more than a doctor here in Thailand and I fucking love what I do. But that's garbage money, um, especially for the hours that I put in. I probably put in more hours of for this than I did of like anything else that I've ever done. Um, and that's also with my site being a top 1% site, which is not realistic for most guys in most sites. That, that's just the truth. And to make six figures a month, um, if we're just talking about purely passive info products, you have to be a top 0.01% site and you have to have like a ton of products. I have like four products and I have some affiliate stuff, but I would, I would need to um, have maybe like 10, 15 type of products to get it to the level of like passive six figures and traffic would have to go up to top 0.01%, okay? Now don't get me wrong, I think I'll be top 0.01% in the next couple of years and I'm, I'm gonna pound out a bunch more products, but that'll be seven years in. I started this when I was 30, and by then I'll be 37, all right? I don't recommend it for most people. If you're just looking to purely sell products from like um, personal brand, I really, really don't recommend it. However, I would definitely not rule out a personal brand for a niched hybrid model, okay? Um, having a personal brand is an awesome supplement to your service or e-commerce biz because let's say you're doing a copywriting service-based business and you're grinding hard and in one year you get up to like 5k a month now you want to start a website and a YouTube channel like a professional looking website and YouTube channel on how to copyright for cash I think that's a fucking great idea um, and it's gonna get you organic clients or organic traffic which will get you new copywriting clients for your copywriting services and it's gonna get you organic traffic for your guru services about how to make money copywriting. So you can actually get both of those from building up your personal brand, both of those types of clients, which is really nice. And you don't have to hit top 1% for that kind of a site, all right? You can have a small site, and you won't hit top 1% because it's gonna be so niched. You can have a small site that does uh, 10,000 a month in organic traffic and that's gonna be fucking good. And you could be making more off that site than I do, even though I have 100,000 a month 
um, organic traffic and another 150,000 views a month on YouTube because you're going to sell expensive services and you're going to sell recurring services as opposed to what I sell, which is like relatively cheap info products. So you can have 10,000 um, a month of organic traffic and actually be a lot of money for you if you're charging um, 2,000 a month for copywriting services to your client and that's a monthly recurring bill. So a personal brand can be super, super relevant. With that said, if you're wondering why um, I haven't put my brand into a hybrid model selling coaching, it's because I spent the better part of a decade um, with clients in sales and corporate sales and I just don't want to sell my time for money right now and I want to have my days free and I want to be able to put that into more products and it put it into other businesses that I'm doing as well outside of RLD. Although I will consider it and it would probably double my income, but at this point I haven't moved to the hybrid model. But I would recommend if you were going to do it to do the, the hybrid model that I um, outlined there in option C. Step nine, define your exit plan. Your exit plan is your path to freedom. It is everything you need to get free and a firm timeline for when you're gonna quit that motherfucking job. And when it comes to the exit plan, you need to execute at 100% or not at all, okay? You cannot half-ass this. If you half-ass your exit plan and blow through all your savings and go back to having to find a job in the next four months after you're gonna to wanna to fucking put a hole in your head. That's not how you do it. You do it at 100% and you have a foolproof, airtight exit plan. Okay, I'm gonna give you the four steps for your exit plan, starting with step 9A, which is your savings target. This is how much you need to have in the bank to feel comfortable quitting. I would lean to the conservative side and ideally get as much credit as possible, as I said before. And you want to see like at least five months expenses paid. All right. So if you're planning on moving to like a cheap country, Southeast Asia, those expenses are going to be a lot less. But in the West, those expenses could be a lot more. Um, now, those are going to be bare minimum expenses, like, you know, the lowest you could live on. But you want like five months saved so that if shit goes wrong, you have everything paid for Okay, so savings are, are looked at as number one, emergency cash, number two, runway for building your business, and number three, money to reinvest in your business. Step 9B, your business revenue target. This is the amount of money you're bringing in where you can one, determine your business is a success, and two, comfortably meet monthly expenses. Okay, in the West, it's like 5K a month in your business, well, three to five K, depending on where you're where you're coming from in Southeast Asia, it's like a thousand to fifteen hundred a month. Uh, with that said, do not fly to Southeast Asia and start a business with no savings and no revenue because you read a fucking course online. I've seen so many guys do that. Please do not do that. Don't only go to a foreign country when you have all your shit together, when you have your savings, when you have consistent money from your business, when your business is proven and tested and you are comfortable. All right. Step 9C, structure your exit plan to minimize your tax bill. That means before stocks, bonds, currencies, investments, taxes is number one. Guys spend all this time doing research on investing for their tiny amount of savings when the government is taking 30 to 50% of the fucking money out of your pocket for taxes for including like sales tax on everything. 
and inflation and I mean taxes got to be your number one okay that's number one to get to get that um, under control before you even think about investments and it's something you should be taking into consideration before incorporation because let's say you are planning to move uh, out of country you could just be a sole proprietor and then eventually incorporate in a tax haven like the BVI um, so that's that's one thing you want to know in advance before you even quit your job, how you're going to plan your taxes. All right. The best thing to do for taxes is to move to a country that doesn't tax foreign sourced income. Like as a Canadian, if I'm living in the Philippines, Philippines doesn't tax my foreign sourced income. Uh, the next best bet is moving to like a low, uh, low tax state. If you're planning on staying in the U.S., you can move to Florida, which has no state tax. And if you're incorporated in Delaware or something like that. You could have a really um, good tax structure, but um, you really have to know what's going on. Uh, if you're American, I think you have a $95,000 exemption and don't quote me on this. Okay. This, this could have changed for if you're living offshore, uh, but after that, you still have to pay regardless um, of where you're living. Okay. America is the strictest policy and the IRS has can enforce that all around the world because the America America is is so strong militarily. So you really have to do a ton of research on this stuff. Um, again, this is not fucking tax advice. You have to do a ton of research. You have to talk to actual professionals. And before you put this stuff in place, you're going to have to talk to a guy who charges $1,000 an hour. Not some joker from H&R Block. You need a guy who's really expensive and really good. You can get a lot of this stuff from like um, Sovereign Man forums to get an idea of what you're going to do. But before you pull the trigger, you want to pay someone who's really fucking good and get it set up properly. 9D, geo-arbitraging your income. Geo-arbitraging is just a fancy word for taking the money you're making and moving to a cheap country. So you have an online business where the revenue is the same every month and you hop on a plane to a country with a third of the cost of living like I did and boom, you're making more than a doctor. And that is a beautiful thing. Believe me. Um, top places are Southeast Asia, Colombia, Budapest, um, so many places that you can find on nomadlist.com. And at this point, you are what I call a digital expat, which is just a fancy word for an online entrepreneur. Now, notice I don't say digital nomad. Uh, nomad is another word for a broke homeless guy who wears soccer shorts every day and doesn't shower and uh, has no money, okay? Because you cannot build a business as a homeless vagrant. You cannot build a business from the beach on your laptop with internet that's like one megabyte per second. You need to live somewhere especially if it's a hot country where you have air conditioning, where you have an actual living space, where you have a consistent routine, where you have a good internet connection because you have a motherfucking internet business, you can't build that when you're traveling all over the world two weeks here, two weeks there. With that said, what you do is, like I never looked at myself as like, I'm gonna be this thing. I always looked at myself as an entrepreneur and I'm just moving over here because it's cheaper. Um, what you want to do is build a base and then take vacations, right? You take, you know, a couple of vacations a year and you stay in another country for like three weeks so that you can, um, after the first couple of days of settling in, build up a routine over there. So maybe once every two quarters, let's say you're staying in Thailand, you, you go to Vietnam for a month 
and live there. Build up a routine there um, for that month, right? Not fucking bouncing around two weeks here, two weeks there. You can't get anything done that way. And the big thing is living abroad is not for everyone. That's what I've realized. Most guys I've, I've met out here go home. Uh, or they go to another country and they don't like that and they go home. Um, it's just not for everyone. Most guys I think are better in like a small or mid-sized town in Florida or Arizona where you can get a decent apartment for like $700 a month and food is really cheap and there's no state taxes. And if I was American, uh, instead of being Canadian, I probably would have considered that option before I came to Thailand. Um, there's a good chance I would have been living in like a small or mid-sized town in Florida or Arizona and just building a business there and, and just quietly building everything up in a cheap apartment. So I would definitely consider that before you consider, consider moving halfway around the world. Although I fucking love my life out of here. It's a lot of fun, but it is a big adjustment for a lot of guys. And especially if you're younger and, and you know, you don't have a lot of um, life experience, it can be difficult. With that said, um, you don't have to move. You don't have to geo arbitrage your income. But if you live in like New York or my hometown of Toronto, I think it's got to be a necessity. Like a nice apartment in New York, I've heard is like $2,000, $3,000. When you can get an apartment in Chiang, a nice one in Chiang Mai for $300. I mean, if you're in one of those major cities, I can't see how you can afford to build a business there in the current climate. I think you have to move. I think it's a necessity, but it's not a necessity for everyone if your lifestyle is already relatively cheap. So that's it for step nine. That is your exit plan. Okay. Step 10 is quit your job and execute said exit plan. So now that you've defined your exit plan, I want to fast forward a little bit. Okay, this is your life plan. So we're fast forwarding to where you've been saving hard for the last two to three years. You have credit. You have consistent revenue coming in. You're structuring your plan to minimize taxes. You've done your homework and booked the plane ticket to a low tax geo arbitrage destination if that's in your plan. And lastly made sure everything in your country is set up. You've notified your bank that you're going to be traveling. You've got your visa. You've canceled your memberships. Now it's time to quit your fucking job and take that plunge and go out on your own. Get into owning that business. Give them your fucking two weeks, you know, and get the fuck out of there. And don't question it. You've got an airtight exit. Just take the plunge, jump in and fucking do it. And if expat life is in your plan, get on that motherfucking plane. Don't think about the million things that could go wrong. Don't worry. You'll adapt. 90% of the shit that you worry about won't happen. And the stuff that you worry about that does happen, you just fucking roll with it. I've had some crazy shit happen since I've been out here. And I just, I was just like, ah, oh, that happened. Fucking rolled with it, handled it, and back to normal life. All right? Most things won't go wrong. Just fucking do it. Don't overthink it. You've set everything up airtight and now's the time to make it happen. Let's say you're in your new country now. As far as adapting to your new life, I recommend forcing yourself to go out every single night for the first two weeks so that you meet new people, you meet a social circle and preventing you from being um, in culture shock and prevent you from being homesick. And if you want to fucking drink for those first two weeks, I say do it. Because you've earned it, motherfucker. You, you've done something really big. You can sort of take a two-week pause of like um, just being able to have fun because you made a major, major 
change that most people aren't capable of making and breathe in the fucking moment. Okay, 1% of people are able to, you know, get free, get out of the machine. And not only that, but you've not just got free, but you've got physically free. Now you've moved to another country. Now you can travel around and see this whole big wide world that's out there. So congratulate yourself and pat yourself on the back and fucking savor that moment. With that said, don't savor that moment too long because we got a lot more work to do in this life plan, in this hardcore financial plan. And that's the stuff we are going to cover in part three, which you stay tuned for and check out. With that said, that's everything for part two. Uh, make sure you check out part one if you haven't. Make sure you check out the fucking article on my site, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com, because the article is 9,000 words and it has um, everything you need for your references. It has links to a ton of relevant information and it's going to be super useful to you. Also check me out on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, everywhere. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.